Hello, everyone. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Any information discussed in this interview may not represent the station or host. Please discuss any information with your primary care physician. I have with me a special guest today. Uh, but before I introduce my guest, I almost forgot to say our mantra here at Passion World Talk Radio is educate, enlighten, and entertain. I met my guest in a podcast group, um, and I was so excited to uh, meet this lovely young woman. And my guest with me is Heidi Della Cruz. She is a daughter of Christ, a wife, and a mother, and she is author of Words from the Heart. And they're beautiful words from the heart, I have to say. Heidi also writes poetry. She writes spiritual blogs and shares her faith and life to provide encouragement to women. She is also a host of the podcast, The American Dream in the Eye of Immigrants, where immigrants share their stories about moving to the United States. And um, Heidi has a master's degree in healthcare administration, and a bachelor's degree in psychology, and works as a medical coding specialist. And I want to welcome Heidi Della Cruz to Chatting with Betsy. Thank you so much, Betsy, for having me on today. I'm so excited for our talk. Oh, I am excited, too. You are such an inspiration. And I have to say right off the bat that I love that you love to share your faith. I yes. admire that. Uh, because you. so many people, you're welcome, are afraid to share their faith because they're afraid what people think, and I honestly don't care what mm. people think. I'm too old for that. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for that. I always give God the honor and the glory for getting me through caregiving. So I always, you know, people say, Betsy, how did you do it? I'm like, you know what? If I didn't have my faith. Mm-hmm. It was God's amazing grace, and I'm not ashamed to say that at all. People get offended. Well, you know what? That's not my problem. Amen. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I I look at it. So I really um, like that about you. And so I don't forget, before I get into the book, um, Mm -hmm. I love your, the podcast that you have where immigrants share their stories. I think that's, that's a wonderful idea. I don't know of anyone else who, who does that. And I think that's, that's wonderful. My I remember my grandmother telling me her story, and wow, she would have been a good guest on your show. That's just what I was thinking, um, but she's no longer with us, so she was not yeah. able to share. Uh, but it's, it's quite a story. Um, do you have people come on that tell like the stories of maybe their relatives who have passed? <laughs> I have not. But if you are willing to come on and share your grandmother's stories or what she's told you and, and things like that, I'll be happy to have you as a guest. Oh, cool. Yes, that, I would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really cool. And where can people hear your podcast? So I host it on Anchor. Um, so they can hear it directly on Anchor, on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Google Podcast and Castbox. 
I believe, are the ones that um, I have now um, shared it to. And I just was able to add it to this, um, I think it's called Afropods, which is what another podcaster let me know so I could share it so people in Africa can listen to it, which I thought was oh. really cool. Yeah, yeah, because when I check my anchor stats, my um, they show like the different countries where it's been listened to. So um, from the last time I checked, it was listened to in uh, 14 different countries. So when I said that to uh, another podcast host, um, he was like, oh, I'm going to send you the link and you can add it to Afropods. And then that way it's um, being, it can be listened to in Africa. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. So yeah, so I just recently added to that as well. Oh, that that is cool. And I, I want to, you know, thank you for doing your podcast because it is a totally different topic uh, that um, other people have. So, you know, thank you for bringing awareness to what immigrants do go through. And um, it, it really is something, folks, that I have to laugh. I, I am a, I say I'm a byproduct of illegal <laughs> immigrants because my mother's parents came in illegally at that time through Canada. It okay. was, um, you know, before World War One, and okay. they came over, but my grandfather became a citizen and my grandmother couldn't, but I will say my story for your show. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. I am looking forward to hearing that. Um, just to hear the history too. Uh, from from back then, but they, uh, no, thank you so much. I I have gotten good feedback on the podcast, especially from the guests who have been on. They all have thanked me for providing the space, the safe space to share their story. I don't ever ask um, if they come legally or illegally, but some of them share. They feel comfortable enough to share whether they did or not and just, you know, the process that it took to get here, the reason why they came, and just the struggle that they went through um, to be here. And, it, you know, it's the, the reason always comes down to the same thing, too, for a better life, um, for, for either for them or maybe it was their parents who brought them so they didn't really have a choice because they were young when they came. So, you know, the, the reason why their parents came was or made that sacrifice is to give the children a better life. And a lot of them, you know, grow up to go to the university, um, start their own businesses, and, you know, provide back to us, provide back to the United States and provide back to uh, the community and things like that. So I very, I find it very important to listen and hear these stories just to try to change the narrative that's out there on immigration um, to be more of a compassion and empathetic way. So I really want it to be like, you know, a Jesus approach, like a faith-based approach because, you know, love thy neighbor is down, that's like the number one thing that, you know, Jesus wants us to do is love our neighbor. And how more can we do that if we listen to their story and try to empathize and understand their struggle and what they went through to come to this wonderful country? Yes, yes. And I, I encourage um, the audience to go check out Heidi's podcast in uh, the American Dream in the Eye of Immigrants. Check it out, folks. Heidi, I'm going to ask you what I ask all um, my authors that come on. That's what motivated you to write your beautiful poetry book. What motivated me? It's, it really came down to sharing my story 
what I went through, the struggles I went through, um, how God helped me overcome what I went through, the healing process of it, and then just, you know, the, the, on the other side of overcoming everything. So the poetry book, Words from the Heart, it really, writing these poems really helped me get through a toxic relationship that I was in. It really helped me get through depression and anxiety that I suffered from. And it really helped me get through being a single mom at the time too. And also the death of my mother. So the book has four chapters. Um, The first chapter is called The Trials. And that's where I really go deep into what I was going through, the emotions. And then the second chapter is called The Healing, where I, you know, go a little bit more in through the healing process, um, going to therapy and things like that. And then there's one specific chapter called The Mother. And it's mostly about my relationship with my mom and uh, and traumatic events that I went through living with my mom because my mom lived with bipolar disorder her whole life. And she didn't know. She wasn't diagnosed until like a year and a half before she passed. So she had, you know, the maniac episodes and she had the really lows and she did, and no one knew why she was having these issues, right? Because she didn't get diagnosed. So once we, once I figured out or, or once I was told that she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I, you know, as you mentioned in my intro, I do have a bachelor's degree in psychology, everything clicked. It was like, okay, now I understand my mother. Now I understand everything that happened, you know. So um, I just want to, you know, put that disclaimer that that chapter is not about motherhood per se. It's just about the relationship that I had with my mom and then how I want to mother my children. Um, At the time when I was writing, I only had my daughter. So a lot of the poems are just for my daughter. Um, so I, I do hope in the future to write uh, some for my son as well. Um, there is one chapter in there about, I talk about miscarriage because I did lose a baby before um, having my son. And then the last chapter is called Rainbow because um, it's just like, you know, there's always a rainbow at the end of the storm, right? So you go through these trials, these errors, these challenges, but at the end you always get through it and there's a rainbow and there's a reason why we go through these challenges, right? So I find that when I was writing the rainbow, you know, it was like I was, you know, getting, finally getting over this relationship. I had found my now husband and he was, you know, helping me also get through this hurt from my past relationship. And it's like, okay, I dealt with this toxic city. I know what not to accept anymore. And then now I have this healthy relationship that I'm thriving in, that I'm being loved, I'm loving and being loved back. And so, yeah, so hopefully in the future I'll be able to write, you know, more poetry for my son and then just continue on the journey, the healing journey, because I feel like we're always healing, you know, from yes. from things that we go through. Yes. Oh, so, so true. Um, I know my own life this year, the wonderful guest I've had on really helped me with inner healing that I needed. Mm. Yeah, so we, we're, that's beautiful. You know, we're all works in progress. You know, um, I'm 64, be 65 in December, and I'm still a work in progress, and I will be till I take my last breath. Uh, Amen. That's just, yeah. You know, uh, how it is. And you cover so many different things, Heidi. It's, you know, mental health. You know, mm-hmm. um, your mom had bipolar. It wasn't talked about. No. Um, 
you know, uh, way back. I think the pandemic helped to bring mental health front and center, and it's okay mm-hmm. to, to get help. But before, it, people didn't talk about it. And I'm a big mental health advocate, and I always encourage people, go for counseling. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go for counseling. And actually, I'll be talking about mental health next month, which I can't believe it's September next week already. I um, know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, uh, I believe it's Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Please, if anyone feels uh, in the dark hole, please seek help wherever you are in the world. Talk to somebody. And here in the U.S., the hotline is 988. And, um, you know, no one knows what life has to throw at us, what curveball. And uh, we all need help at at some point. I'm so glad that you uh, met your husband and you were in a healthy relationship. Did you have, because I, I noticed this is like a constant thing with um, with women. Well, mm-hmm. Women who have low self-esteem, they tend to be in abusive relationships because they're just so grateful someone's paying attention to them, and they mm-hmm. feel that they deserve to be treated in, the, in an abusive way, but they may not realize it's abusive. Did you realize yeah. that you had low self-esteem and... You were in an abusive relationship? I did have low self-esteem when I met him, and I do believe that played a big role in me letting letting myself be abused um, emotionally and psychologically. And, yes, so I did have low self-esteem when I met him, and, and you know, that relationship – Afterwards, I, looking back, I realized, like, that is that is why I put up with a lot of things I put up with. But now I know my worth. I was able to find my worth in, in Christ. Once I got closer to Christ after that relationship, um, I found my worth and found myself more worthy to be loved, to be accepted, um, to be treated um, with respect and and yeah, so after, so that relationship really taught me uh, what I will not accept anymore. Um, I will only accept to be loved and to be respected. And luckily, um, that's, you know, that's what my husband does. But even if, let's say, I had not met my husband and I was in another relationship, like I would know what to expect. You know, I would know what not to put up with and, and can see the red flags too and can learn like, right. okay, no, this is not how it should be. I'm not doing this again kind of thing. So that's also a reason why I wanted to share uh, my story. Just maybe it could help someone who is in a toxic relationship get out of it, could probably give them the courage, or maybe it can prevent somebody from landing in a toxic relationship. So really just putting my story out there, being very vulnerable just to connect with one person, um, help at least one person. And from the feedback that I've gotten already from my book, I feel like it's already done that because people have told me, especially women, have told me that like it reminded them of things they went through too, you know, and it like brought back emotions that they felt too. Um, before. So as long as, you know, like we're human, we feel, we have these emotions, and it's also kind of a way of saying, you know, me too. I've also have been through depression. I've also have dealt with anxiety. I've also 
um, put myself, put others, you know, above my well-being, because that's what I did in that relationship. I put mm-hmm. his well-being above my own, and I write about that. I write about loving him more than I loved myself, which we can't do. You know, the only person that we're supposed to love full-heartedly in this world is God, right? We love him with all our hearts and, and so, and he loves us back, but we should not be putting any other human being on a pedestal like that. And that's what I did. But right. again, I was young. I didn't know. And it's just things that we learn and, and you grow and you do better. Hello? Heidi, you just kind of faded out. Oh, I'm here. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I don't know if you're on earplugs or, or something, but I kind of lost you. Okay. Can you hear me could now? You repeat? Yeah, yeah. Could you repeat what you said, please? Oh, yeah. So it, it's just from that relationship, I just learned, you know, not to put anybody on a pedestal like that. The only person that we're supposed right. to love wholeheartedly is God. And he loves right. us back, um, not, you know, not putting no other human being on a pedestal like that. And that's what I did in that relationship. And I learned, you know, not to do that. And, you know, like that, like I was young and you live and you learn to do better yes. as you get older. Yes, yes, that's true. And I've also, I took a course with um, this guy um, on YouTube and, you know, if we don't work in ourselves and, um, you know, flip our beliefs, if we carry the same baggage with us, we're going to attract the same type of person unless mm-hmm. we work in ourselves because mm-hmm. we're the common denominator. So women yep. who tend to attract this thing, they'll say, oh, why do I keep attracting like these losers or these abusive relationships? <laughs> That's because you're carrying the same baggage around. You've got to let go. You, we have to work on ourselves. And I just, you know, like really learned a lot uh, about that. You know, I am, like I said, I'm 64. So when I was growing up, when I met my husband, it was, you know, you thought what you were doing to do what your husband wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now I know that if I were to meet someone again, I have a right to my own life. I have a right to my own yeah. hobbies and doing, um, you know, what I want. And, um, well, sure, of course, I don't think I'll ever do it again. Oh. <laughs> but I'm not interested at this point. But I, I know that I would be really probably have a rough time because I will not take certain kinds of uh, nonsense. I just wouldn't. Yeah. I, and I, you know, like I know now, like I'm not going to tolerate that. Um, they, I'm just not going to tolerate certain things and it's good to have boundaries. And yep. uh, I don't know if, if you have found this, but as you start to, to grow and you change, people don't like it. They don't like it when you yeah. have boundaries because they're yeah. used to treating you like a piece of crap, and now they don't like it that they can't treat you that way anymore. Have you found mm-hmm. that? Um, yes, and I want to say it was with, you know, the same guy because he is the father of my daughter, and so obviously we still have to have communication. And 
when when I met my now husband, he didn't think that that relationship was going to last, and he tried to like intimidate my husband um, a little bit. And it's like that's not that's not your place, you know. Like our relationship is done. I'm moving on. So I guess like once he saw that I officially moved on, it was like, oh, I'm really, like, I'm really, like, I guess he didn't realize that when we were done, we were done, right? Until I started dating again, and then kind of like, oh, man, like, I really lost her kind of thing. But, yeah, so I just would not let him speak to me in certain ways anymore, Um, you know, really put my foot down, and it was, it was like, like, exactly, you said, like, he didn't like it. And it's like, no, like, we are, we're done. Like, that, that's it. I'm moving on. And this is going to be my life now. And, and yeah, that's why I definitely did uh, deal with that a little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, it's usually, um, the, I would say the guy, and probably most, peop- most guys are very um, narcissistic, narcissist, and they mm-hmm. will use your weaknesses against you and to make you feel nobody will love you but them. Um, but I, I'm yeah. glad that you found someone. How is it working? I can't help but ask this. How is it working <laughs> out with your husband and your daughter? Um, oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, she, he came into my life when she was three, about to be four. So she was young. And their relationship, I love it. I love seeing them interact. I love how playful he is with her. Um, I love how she just, just how they laugh together. Like, for example, the other, the other day, actually, I was going to take a nap. And I told them, like, hey, I'm going to take a quick nap. And all I could hear was them two laughing. Like she, uh-huh. like just, yeah, it's just having a ball laughing. So when I, when I came, um, when I got up from my nap, I was like, it took me a while to fall asleep because you guys just kept laughing. He was like, well, she was, you know, being funny and making me laugh and stuff. So I just, I just love their relationship. Um, so I, for him, it was, you know, a little bit of adjustment because um, he had never lived with a child before. So, you know, just a little bit of adjustment. And then also for her, just um, trying to see him as a father figure, too, was a little bit of adjustment. So, you know, I had to explain, like, okay, even though he's not your biological father, he is still a parent to you. And, you know, you still have to listen. You still have to be respectful and, um, and things like that. So as we, as we go, um, it's a little bit of adjusting and everything because sometimes she'll, like, try to, like, pin us against each other. Like, well, mommy mm-hmm. said this or, or you know, like, <laughs> he said that. But it's like, no, ma'am, uh, him and I are the same. We are a team. So if I say no or he says no, like, it's no, you know, kind of thing. But it's, it's, as, a, as a child, they try to test your boundaries regardless. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they do. I, I mean, I did the same thing. Uh, with my parents, you know. Yeah. Um, c- can I go here, Dad? What did your mother say? Oh, uh, she said to ask you, and <laughs> so yeah, exactly. uh, that happens. Yeah, that's that hasn't changed. I don't think that will ever change. <laughs> um, <clears throat> why would you like uh, people to take away from your book of poetry? 
Um, what I wanted them to take away is um, inspiration and just know that if they are going through a, a challenging time right now or they are you know, going through a trial, just to let them know that there is the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I know that when you are going through something really dark or really hard, it may seem like there isn't there like there isn't a happiness at the end or there like there's no end to the suffering, but there is. And just to know that God is with you every step of the way, whether you feel him close or not, he is and he provides the strength and that we need to get through whatever it is that we're going through. And then also to just let them know that as humans, you know, we, we, we all go through things, whether it's mental health, whether it's losses, um, grief, anything like that. Like we all go through challenges and the way that we can help each other is to talk about it, talk, share yeah. our stories when you're comfortable, share your story and connect with others. Um, that, that really helped too. Cause during um, the, my trial period, I, again, I was getting closer to God, but then I also started going to growth group, which is the small groups at my church. And that really, really helped too. Yes. Um, you know, as grieving, you um, had a miscarriage and my condolences on your, your losses, your, your miscarriage, your, your mom. And I don't know if you have found this, Heidi, but people don't know what to say to someone who's grieving. They don't know what to mm-hmm. say to someone who, who lost a, a child to a miscarriage. You know, like mm-hmm. people say the craziest things, and I'm sure you, they probably said that to you. You're young, you'll have another one. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you'll have or, another one. Or but you already you have one. one. Mm-hmm. Right, or you, you already, already have, have one. Child. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and just I, I really wish people would understand. And I know I didn't understand this either until I lost uh, my husband. But we, even though we talk about our loved ones, doesn't mean we're stuck in grief. We have mm-hmm. a right to honor our our loved ones' memory and talk about them. Yeah, I will always talk about. My husband, I will never stop unless I can't talk anymore. That's when I'll stop. But, yeah, you know, they lived on this earth. Why can't we talk about them? Why can't we, we talk about it? Why can't someone say, um, you know, to someone who had a miscarriage, I'm really sorry. I, I, I don't know what to say, but I want you to know I love you. I'm here for you. Even if I could just hug you, hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Let me hold and that's space it. And, for you. And, and that's actually what the person who's grieving needs. They don't need to yes. know that you understand or that you want to understand. They don't need to know that. Just, just be there. Be present. Yes. Ask them what they need. What do you need from me at this moment? And it could be a hug. It could be just for you to be there present without saying a word, just being there. And, or it could be just listening. Just listen to them. Talk about their loved one. Talk about what they're feeling. And, and even if you don't understand, we don't need you to understand. Just, we just probably just need you to listen to let us express ourselves. I do write a lot about grief because I lost my mom and the, the miscarriage. And then also in 2020, I lost my grandfather who lived with us for many, many years. And that was a really hard loss. 
And so now that I've, you know, lost a few um, close people to me, I understand, and we're always grieving. So I understand that we are Mm -hmm. always grieving. So like, you're always going to miss your husband and I'm always going to miss my mom and my grandfather, but it doesn't mean that we're stuck in grief. You know, it's not, I mean, that we're stuck in the, in the thing. It's just like, it's just learning how to live with it is, is all it is. Right. Right. And, you know, just missing the person's physical, a presence, you know, their voice, mm-hmm. um, you know, touching them. And we'll always um, miss that. And we'll always love and miss our loved ones. I think what people need to understand is love doesn't die. Just because your person mm-hmm. dies doesn't mean that your love for them dies. It doesn't exactly. die. And, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't understand that. I really didn't. I didn't have a clue. I probably said the wrong things to people when I was younger and didn't know, um, you know, any better because we're not taught how to deal with uh, grieving and loss in our society. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're just, you know, we're just not. And I don't know if you've encountered this, Heidi, but it drove me nuts. It just annoyed me when people would say to my son and I, be strong. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. just, um, you know, just stop with that because we're human beings. And, you know, the two mm-hmm. shortest, um, I mean, the shortest verse in the New Testament is Jesus wept. Jesus yeah. wept for his friend, yep. Lazarus. So why can't we be, um, we're emotional human beings. That's how, we're, that's how we are. Yeah. And. Uh, I know you have a son, so I I think that we need to teach our children, especially boys, that it's okay to cry and show emotions in a constructive, positive way. And it's yeah. okay to, you know, express that because this, well, from way back when, the strong and silent type is killing men. You know, it's mm-hmm. if that's why they have heart attacks. That's why they commit uh, suicide because they yeah. feel like they have to put up this facade of being strong and all this other nonsense. Uh, that's old. I call it old school. Yeah. <laughs> I might be old school in some ways folks, but not when it comes to, um, to that. Um, did you encounter that in your grieving people telling you be strong, be strong. They, they just kept telling me that she was in a, in a better place. And it's like, okay, great, but that's, you know, that wasn't helpful either. You know, like, yes, as a, as a believer, I do believe in, in heaven and everything, but that at the time, you don't want to hear that. You know, it's just like, right. if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything. Because, yeah, when you're in that moment, it's like, there's not really anything that can help us, you know, at the, like, words and anything. It's just like, just try to just ask what do, what does that person need at that moment um my sister when my, after my mom passed my sister was very very helpful because at the time my daughter was going to dance school but she was only about like 18 20 months so the parents were to participate with the kids and i just i couldn't i could not just I couldn't participate and my sister would go with me to do the participation with my daughter and like I want to say like a few months ago or like last year I told my sister I was like you have no idea how much you 
doing that for me, like, helped me in my grieving process. And, you know, she was young, too. She was, I don't even think she was a teenager when it happened. But just telling her, like, thank you for doing that, and you just have no idea how much that helped me. And she was like, oh, you're welcome, you know. But it, little things like that, like, just ask, what is it that you need in, in the moment? Because, you know, when you're grieving words, there's really no words that can comfort you at that moment, I, I feel. Right, right. And I, I feel that people want to make us feel better or fix it, and they can't make us feel better, and uh, they can't fix it, and we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to have someone be there and lend an ear, a shoulder, yeah. you know, arms <laughs> to hug <laughs> with a hand, ear to listen, yeah. uh, shoulder to cry on, um, this is what people... Uh, need and not the uh, judgment um you know i met i know is in heaven and but that didn't really give me a whole lot of comfort at that particular time exactly um, so i mm-hmm. definitely could understand that oh he's in a better place yeah i know that but he's not here with me um, <laughs> exactly <laughs> no i already know that but I, I think that um, your book would be a great inspiration for people. And where can they purchase your book, Heidi? Yes, it is available at Barnes & Noble online. Um, it is available at Target online. And then if anybody is out of the United States, book dispensary, they ship worldwide. Oh, great, great. Um, and I have to... Uh, Ask, I don't know if you have your book in front of you, but if you could just read like um, a poem, if you if you have uh, the book in front of you. I don't have my book in front of me, but I do have screenshots in my phone, so I do have one right here. Um, this okay. one is, it goes, poison is what you feed, air is what you speak. The key and knife you hold, killing me softly with every lie told, knowing you're not good for me, why can't I walk away? Wow. Um, oh, and you have a Facebook page. Do you have a, a Facebook page for your book? Um, I, well, it's for, it's for me. So I post everything that I do on there. I post um, blog posts. I post my uh, podcast and um and things like that. So there, I do have, um, I have posted about my book on my Facebook page, yes. Oh, okay. And would you mind if people went on your Facebook page to look? No, no, yeah, they definitely can. It's facebook.com slash Heidi, and it's my maiden name, Reynoso. So it's H-E-I-D-Y-R-E-Y-N-O-S-O-13. I lost you again, Heidi. Oh, okay. Were you able to hear the Facebook? Now I hear you. Um, oh, thank you. And, folks, I would go on Heidi's Facebook page because it, she has a beautiful poem. I should have written it down, but sometimes, to be honest, I can't read my own handwriting <laughs> about uh, to her daughter. But I don't want to give everything about the book away. I want you all to go get the book. 
you have to go on Heidi's Facebook page and um, look and just see the love, um, love your pictures of your family and the things that you share and your uh, podcast. I, I just think you're very inspirational and you're a wise woman um, oh, for, you. for your age. Um, I'm not old enough to be your mother. Uh, and i just um you know i see a bright future uh for you and i just uh, wish you much success on the sale of your book and your uh, podcast and folks go listen to the podcast the american dream in the eye of immigrants and on anchor spotify and Heidi De La Cruz's book, which is um, Words from the Heart, which is on barnesandnoble.com and target.com. And I want to thank you, Heidi, for coming on. This is um, Heidi De La Cruz. You're like me. You have your maiden name as, you know, on Facebook and then <laughs> your married name. Uh, yes. My married name is Sloan. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. um, but um, you are a, a, a delight and um, a lovely young woman, and I'm sure God is going to uh, bless you. And um, God bless you. And, and thank you for coming on, chatting with Betsy. I appreciate you sharing your no, story. Thank you, Betsy, so much for this opportunity. Thank you for what you do in providing this platform for you know people like me and just thank you. I'm beyond grateful to be on here. Uh, you are welcome. Folks, if you missed any of this show, you can hear it wherever you hear your favorite shows or podcasts. I'm on Spotify, Spreaker, um, Amazon Music, to name a few. It is free to subscribe to Chatting with Betsy, and I highly recommend that you do so to hear my phenomenal guests that I have on. And Heidi De La Cruz is one of my phenomenal guests. I love hearing people's stories. I love when people share their stories and how they triumphed and they're doing something and they're helping people. This is what I I just love to hear and and love to to do. And folks, I just have to say that, you know, be kind out there. We need to be kind and shine our light. And I want to thank Jeannie White, her station manager, Pastoral Talk Radio, for writing the blog, producing the show, and I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, CEO of Pastor World Talk Radio, who makes this all possible. And as I always say, in a world where you can be anything, please be kind. And I'm going to add, be a shining light. Shine your light bright. And just do that. I mean, we all need kindness. It's rough out there, folks. And really, if you need help, there is help out there. You're not alone in how you feel. There is help, and um, that's what I'm here for. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Appreciate if you would please share the show to help others. That's what Chatting with Bets is about. And until we chat again, can't believe it's really near the end of uh, August, but um, enjoy the rest of your summer, everyone. And until we chat again, this is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate Roll Talk Radio. Bye-bye now.